Hello, hello. Welcome to Random Acts of Living. I'm your host, Emilia Nordhuk. Thank you for joining me today. I'm really excited about the story that I have to tell you. So let's go ahead and just dig right into the meat of it. Well, hello, and uh, welcome to this very um, sad episode of Random Acts of Living. Um, It is January uh, 7th, the day after the violent insurrection on the Capitol. I I don't know how else to, to talk about it. I thought long and hard about not doing a podcast episode this week because there's just so much, I I mean, there's just so much happening, right? But after, after being glued to the TV and, um, talking to people around the world, um, I felt like I, I really felt that we need to, uh, we need to reach out to each other and, you know, as I was watching the events unfold at, on the Capitol and seeing the lives of the people that we've entrusted with our democracy put at risk and seeing the president um, incite riots, um, seeing the the rioters uh, storm the Capitol and vandalize and desecrate and um, threaten, because when you... When you break into somebody's house and you take things, you are threatening their person. And these rioters broke into the house of the people. And as, as a citizen of the United States and as, as someone who has been raised to love this country and feel this country is the best of everything, even, even with all of the things that are horrible about it. And there are so many things horrible about it. We know this. We know we are a flawed people. We know there is a racism. We know we need to do better. There is sexism. There is homophobia. There is economic inequity. There are so many things. And yet, we have been able to rise above and do so much and become so much better. We are the best, the sum of all the parts, right? Um, at least that's how I'd always seen it. And our responsibility is to always, in my mind and how I was raised, is to always call out when you see inequities, when you see suffering, when you see these things happen, you have a responsibility to step up and step forward. There's no way around it. Um, I mean, that's what happened after Trump was elected in 2016. And I and other people were just shocked and sad. And, you know, we were made to feel that we were, you know, we were overreacting, you know, like there, he's just a politician. Well, no, he's not. He's a fucking fascist. You know, he said, grab him by the pussy. You know, he is a horrible human being and all the more horrible because he 
is well aware of what he does. And if at this point in time, you're a person who does not think that, I can't talk to you. <laughs> like, there's just no, this is fascism. This is what is happening in our country. This was a failed coup. And there will be more violence. And we have seen the past four years. We have seen the incitement to violence. We have seen as power escapes Trump and his supporters, how he goes after it in ways as an authoritarian does, as a fascist does. So, you know, after the 2016 election, and and we knew that he is who he is, that he is a fascist, and that there was every likelihood of something like this happening. Um, I am surprised it took four years to, to do this. But um, the the women who issued, you know, the call to action for the women's march, Teresa Shook, who's um, who sent out that that email the day after um, Trump was elected, and said, "We've got to do something." And all of the women in the United States and around the world that said, "Yeah, we've got to do something." And as I'm as I watched the events yesterday unfold. All I could think of was what a miracle, really, the Women's March on Washington, D.C. four years ago was. How over a million people came together to demonstrate our right to peaceful protest. And we did. And we marched peacefully. And we held each other up. And we gave each other the space to air our grievances, to discuss, to talk. I mean, there were even, you know, because, you know, it was the day after the inauguration. So there were still Trump supporters in D.C. And um, and I remember walking around and, you know, talking to people. um, And it just felt that's what America is. That is who we are that we can protest and that we can disagree and that we can take to the streets, but we don't behave like fascists. <laughs> like we, we don't do that, but we do now. And I, you know, of course, this wasn't me. This was my people. These were Trump supporters, you know, but I really believe that if we are going to save our country and our society and our democracy, we also have to look at ways in which we participated in this. And I'm going to hold people accountable, absolutely, who, um, who like, the, like Trump, incited the riots and who refused to um, accept the results of um, the election, which was fair and just and did not have any irregularities. You know, like those people really need to step we need to get those people out of fucking office now. Like, and if not immediately, when we can. And, um, and we've got, we've got the power and we have the great, um, example in Stacey Abrams and, um, other, other people who have paved the way for us. Thank God that, that we have people who believe in democracy, even though it hasn't, worked for for them 
<laughs> their whole life. And, and I think that is really the beautiful thing that we have going for us is this audacity of hope. This crazy idea that even though we see all these inequities, even though we have seen the video of George Floyd being murdered before our eyes, even though we know Breonna Taylor was, her life was taken in a horrific, horrific moment and in an just awful. I almost said accident. It wasn't an accident. It was just a horrible miscarriage of justice. That's what it was. So even through all of these things, and and I could go on and, and, and name more, but even through all these things, like we still believe we have the power to, to change and to, to step up and to make our democracy and our society a better place. And, and that's where I see this, this audacity of hope. We, we don't have a right to that much hope. <laughs> there, there's not that much hope that comes out of so much sadness and injustice. And yet, we give that to ourselves. We take it. We create it. We step up into it. And, uh, and I am buoyed by this hope, as are other people. And, you know, I think in many ways, it's just like, you know, it's like this blind faith in our democracy. However, now I think we need to really look at and and have, as I as I like to say, a come to Jesus talk with ourselves about what what is going on. Like, what is the actual fuck? What is it? Why are all these white women showing up and supporting these misogynistic, racist, homophobic men? What are they getting out of this uh, collaboration? We need to address this. We need to talk about it and we need to change it. And we need to stop the fascists and we need to stop the violence that's going to happen. And I don't have the answers, but I'm willing to find them. And I'm willing to, not willing, I feel it's my responsibility to find people to talk with them, to bring them onto this podcast, to to get this information out into the world about how we are going to save ourselves, save the country, and create a better democracy. When we see things fail, there's an opportunity not just to recreate what once was, but to create something better. You know, I, I, I think about so many great minds that were able to have a vision, not just of like, well, we can do this one thing, but what if we, we could create this really much better world? And, you know, I mean, I think that's the American democracy was really as flawed and as it is, and, you know, pulled together by, you know, a group of white male slave owners. Um, it still rings true in so many ways. And I think that now we have the opportunity to take the pieces, the fabric of this, this beautiful idea 
and weave it together to include everyone, to make it more expansive, to make it more beautiful, to make it into something that really does sing to the world as an example of equity and justice and democracy. But it's going to (laughs) suck for a while until we get there. And and while we're walking down this road um, together, and and as a country, we've been through some really horrible things together. And I really believe we can do this, but we're going to have to do it together. And and that even means looking at those horrible fascists. <laughs> like at some point after consequences have been handed out because you have to have consequences, right? You know, even when your child misbehaves, you know, they have their consequence for that behavior, you take them back into your family. They're still part of your family. You still have to (laughs) teach them how to be um, good people, right? So, you know, a consequence is a way of teaching somebody how to be a good person. And and there need to be consequences for the fascists and for the failed coup and absolutely for the president. Um, I will be calling my representatives today and every day um, until Biden is inaugurated. And I will probably still be calling and I will still be active, you know, because I'm built this. <laughs> you know, the Women's March was just one of many many marches that I've taken part of in my life. And I'm a community activist, and I believe in the power of the people to change the world. And, uh, and we got this, I know we do, but it's really going to suck. And we need to pull all of the power that we can get everything, all the optimism we can muster, all of the all of the hope, no matter how audacious, no matter how much we don't deserve it, we need it. And we need to pull on our faith wherever you are in that spectrum. We need it now. So I am going to find people that will inspire us and have conversations with them because I need the inspiration and I hope that it will help inspire you together. We will be able to, to rise above this and to figure this out and to make our country a better place. Save ourselves. Um, So next week um, I'm going to have a conversation with the one and only Teresa Shook, uh, the founder of the women's March. And we'll talk about that experience. So I'm not going to tell the story today. I want Teresa to tell it um, next week. And it's a beautiful story. And it really is one of the most amazing things that I personally have been a a part of. And I, I think Teresa has some amazing nuggets of wisdom around how to move forward in the face of injustice and adversity. So um, so I hope you'll, I hope you'll uh, join me next week. And, um, and right now I'm sending you 
whoever's listening to this, whoever has me in your ears, (laughs) I'm sending you so much love. We got this. It's going to be okay, but it's not going to be okay for a while. And as long as we know that, you know, as long as we know that 2021 is not the end of what the very bad year (laughs) of 2020, you know, I think that we'll be able to do this and we're going to have to do it together. Hang in there, gentle listener. Hang in there. We're going to do this. Um, If you want to come on the show, if you want to talk with me, if you want to talk to others, um, drop me a line at um, randomactsofliving at gmail.com. I wanted to add an additional resource for people. Um, One of the things that I've been uh, monitoring has been uh, an organization called Choose Democracy and, um, you know, who who have been monitoring the situation with um, uh, the election results and an attempted coup. And so now that, you know, and, you know, this failed coup attempt has happened, like, you know, helping to frame it. Um, I, I find, I find them really amazing. So please, um, if anybody out there needs some support, please go to choose democracy.com. Um, and then also they sign up for their newsletter. They send it out. Um, they just sent this really great uh, newsletter out about, you know, everything that's happened with the attempted coup and they go into a lot of detail around the police response. So I do recommend that if you're, um, if you're interested, you read that because it's really important, um, with how the police in Capitol Hill have responded to the black lives matter, um, protesters and then how they responded to the rioters and the fascists who attempted the coup on the Capitol. Um, it's actually quite extraordinary. And, um, and we hope that people will be held accountable for, you know, what happened and also showing just how, you know, how the police perceive, um, black people and brown people as a greater threat than white people. So, Oh God, we just have so much work to do, but we need to face it openly and we need to address it as the truth that it is. But the other reason why I I like them is that they also send out um, something to help. (laughs) I'm like, yay, help. So they, they also, you know, encourage, you know, things to do to take care of yourself because this is a marathon, not a sprint. Um, so, uh, there's a, a website finding steady ground and I'm just going to read these things out loud, um, to you. So number one, every day I will make a conscious decision about when and where I'll get news and what I'll do afterwards. What you choose to pay attention to during the day has an impact on you. Number two, daily, I will make human-to-human connection with another person and make sure we stay in motion. The goal is accountability so that we don't freeze up in the face of overload or despair. Check in to share and reflect on how you're staying in motion, like writing letters, volunteering, creating resistance art, and working on virtual campaigns. I personally (laughs) am creating uh, resistance art um, 
in that I am teaching art classes at the local art center. I think that's really important. I think we need to be able to give people an outlet and stay engaged. And it's a way that I can have a human to human connection, social distance and, um, and masked. Number three, once a week, I will pray, meditate, or reflect on those I know who are being impacted by oppressive policies and extend that love to all who may be suffering. Learn to cultivate love. That's just beautiful. (laughs) Um, Number four, once a week, I will read, listen to, or share a story about how others have resisted injustice. Millions have faced repression and injustices, and we can all learn from them. This is so true. Um, this is so important and, um, and why we need to share our stories. So, um, so share a story about how others have resisted injustice. And I invite you to email me or to reach out to me. If you have a story, I would love to hear it and I would love to share it on the podcast. Number five, I will be aware of myself as one who creates. The goal of injustice is to breed passivity to make us believe that things happen to us, events happen to us, policies happen to us. To counter this, we need to stay in touch with our sense of personal power. Uh, that's These are great. So, um, yes, yeah, so please go findingsteadyground.com and you can, um, you can see, see these more in depth. And number six, I will take a conscious break from social media. Instead, fill the time with intentional and direct human interaction. And I know this is hard right now because of the pandemic, but we can do this. I mean, as you may have heard that uh, Chris Block and I talking about how we are not on Facebook and there are other ways that we can, you know, reach out to people and, you know, with intent. So I encourage you to, um, to take a break from social media and find ways to connect with people. And number seven, I will commit to sharing with others what's helping me. And I think that's just so important. (laughs) That's why I have this podcast. Um, You know, this is being able to to talk with you and to reach out um, is a way of staying connected. It's a way of, um, of discussing the things that, that, that I'm struggling with and to tell my story about that struggle. And, um, and I think that is helping me and it's helping me to, um, to figure out how, how to change the world and, uh, and in telling our stories and in being a storyteller, um, I feel that we're, um, we're weaving together a greater story, um, around what is happening in this time and place in the world. So, um, so again, findingsteadyground.com. I'll put the link in my show notes, uh, so that you can go there. Um, recommend it's, um, this. And if you have something, uh, please email randomactsofliving at gmail.com. Um, let me know what you're looking at and how you're taking care of yourself. And if you have a story to share, please, please, I invite you come, let's have a conversation and uh, tell your story. I'd love to hear it. And I'm sure other people would too. Be well, hang in there 
and uh, move forward with intent. It's all we can do right now. And we will get through this. Thank you for joining me. And if you found this interesting or provocative or maddening, well, leave me a review and tell me about it. Drop me a line. Let me know some of your stories. And thanks again for joining me. I look forward to talking to you again. Have a great day. Be well. Stay present. Aloha. Aloha.